You're listening to season three of the Achieve With Me podcast. I am your host, Rachel Gilfrin, and I'll be spending the next few minutes chatting to you about what achieving, winning, and success mean to you. As a confidence and career coach, I am a huge believer that success is strongly linked to having a positive mindset. My mission is to empower ambitious women like you to gain the confidence to smash your goals and keep progressing in your career. In this series, I will be sharing some really valuable tips and techniques to help you get ahead in your career. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, my ambitious ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Achieve With Me podcast. Now, we've had quite a few interviews recently, and there is more to come, so definitely keep tuned for those fantastic interviews and all the guest expertise that we're lucky enough to have on the Achieve With Me podcast. But today, today is a solo podcast with just myself trying to impart some tips, techniques, and wisdom towards you. So I hope that you enjoy and find today's episode very useful. Now, the topic for today's episode is all to do with productivity. So what I'm going to be talking about is five steps to drilling down your priorities as to what actually needs to be done. Because I know that in the workplace, it can be so challenging to manage your workload or moderate your own responsibility within the organisation. And I talk about this quite a lot because I know that a lot of people are really keen to kind of continue to go over and above so that they can stand out and, you know, be seen as that person with that promotability all the time, which I get, you know, I've been there. It's definitely something that I used to do. But I think that what often happens is the workload piles up and piles up and our mindset towards how we tackle that workload depending on how sort of organized that is or how proactive that is can really mean that we can end up feeling burnt out for long which is obviously something that we want to avoid at all costs so i'm going to be talking about five steps to really help you to drill down these priorities. Now, these are in no particular order. It's not as though they're in like a chronological order, like do this first. They're just really five things that I tend to consider when I'm looking at my workload, but also how to prioritize my time investment in the rest of my life as well. Because don't forget, there's a phrase I love actually, um, which is every yes is a no to something else. So really, every time that we agree to something, somewhere along the line, whether that's in our, you know, within our workload, within our role as an employee, it could be that we're actually saying yes to something, which is going to mean that we no longer have time to do something for ourselves in our personal life, or it could impact the rest of our family as well. So I guess that wasn't one of my points, but it's certainly something to consider. You know, every yes is a no to something else. So really start to reflect on where you might inadvertently be saying no elsewhere in your life. So to start things off, the one thing... Sorry, I've just adjusted my headphones and everything went a bit funny. The one thing that I always start off by looking at is 
how are you actually organising your workload? So sometimes I'll speak with clients and they'll say, just don't have time to do all this, it's piling up, I'm feeling more and more overwhelmed. And then when I ask them to list out what it is specifically that they don't feel that they have time for, it can be quite difficult because everything just merges into one, it just becomes this big load of pressure (laughs) rather than any kind of tasks that you can split out. So the first thing is, how are you actually organising your workload? Now, I love a list, as you know, I'm always talking about journaling and writing things down, so personally I do love a handwritten list and I have a planner that I make a list of my kind of goals for the day that need to happen. Um, But I also have a weekly list that I complete digitally as part of my mastermind um, so that I can show my peers in my mastermind what I'm committing to achieve in the week, which is always really helpful for productivity as well when you've sort of shared what you want to achieve. Um, And I also have sort of... I sound like a bit of a control freak now. I also have... (laughs) quarterly and monthly to-do lists as well that are kind of then broken down in weekly and daily goals. So the way that I actually plan things is across various different methods, but how I actually organise my workload is typically done mostly via pen and paper. Now, that might not work for you, especially if you have quite a multifaceted role in that you need to be utilising a lot of your calendar space to diarise meetings, or whether that is um, a list of tasks that needs to be accessible to another person. So perhaps you're an executive assistant or a PA, you may wish to have some sort of shared area where you can list out what's happening. And so I know that a lot of people tend to use project management tools like Trello or Asana to really organise where they need to be. And it really helps as well to be able to split things out into different areas so that you can see what you've got on your plate a little bit more effectively. So hopefully you are using some kind of method that really works for you at the moment. If you're using a method but you're not really sure whether it's working for you. Chances are it isn't working for you. (laughs) So definitely have a look at some other project management tools. There's plenty of apps that you can use as well, which are really helpful for, you know, assigning things. And you can also give other people access to these apps as well. So it really helps if you do have a team that you want to be sharing tasks with or even assigning tasks to. So the second thing that I just want to mention um, is a method that was created by Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, the book. Um, And what he talks about here is organising your sort of thoughts and tasks into a quadrant. Now, As with other podcasts, when I try and talk about things that are sort of infographs, it's quite difficult for me to explain on here. So I'm going to link up um, a little bit more of a visual explanation of this quadrant. So if you are interested in looking to it more, take a look at the show notes and click away and have a look. But I'll try and describe it anyway. Effectively, what this quadrant is, is it's four boxes and each of the boxes has a label on it. The first box is labelled important and urgent. The second box 
important and not urgent. The third box, not important and urgent. And then the fourth box, not important and not urgent. And what this really does is helps you to begin to think about sort of timescales around that task needing to be delivered by. Um, And it also helps you to start thinking about who's asking, you know, who's asking for this task to be completed. And it's funny because the reason I bring this up is I think that when you are in a role that, you know, where you are sort of pulled from pillar to post and have a lot of different responsibilities, this is a really good thing to use to really start to look at, you know, where to begin, where to begin organising some of these tasks. But I love the way that things are categorised in terms of whether they're important or urgent, because some of you may have been listening thinking, well, how can something be important but not urgent? You know, that just sounds ridiculous. And I kind of get where you're coming from. And I always think that there's some situations where you'll be in a work environment and you probably know who this person is as soon as you hear me talking about it, but there's always somebody in a work environment who always comes to you and says, I really need you to do this. It's really urgent. It's absolutely imperative. And they're usually the person that you think, oh no, and try and drop everything because they're the one that's kind of putting the most pressure on you. But what I want to ask you to do at the moment is really reflect on how often this person asks. Because the phrase that I love here is, nothing's urgent when everything's urgent. And the first time I heard this, I was like, that is so true. You know, when we're looking at tasks and we're constantly being asked to reprioritize, I'll drop that now, that's that's not urgent now, but this really, really is this time. And then the next day, yeah, I know I said that yesterday, but this really needs doing. At some point you have to push back and say, okay, well, where would you like me to prioritize these tasks? I can drop these, but I'm not going to be able to pick them up again because I know that there's going to be a subsequent urgent task. So really pushing back to that person and really verifying if it is actually urgent or not. Or if you want to think a little bit more strategically, try and work together and ask for some criteria that you can all work towards that means it's urgent. So for example, it has to hit these three criteria for us all to agree that it's an urgent task, rather than that person just using an emotional reaction and coming to you and saying, just drop everything, it's urgent. Anyway, um, I'll obviously link up the quadrant in the show notes, as I mentioned, and see what you think, see if it helps you to just really start to think about things in a bit of a different way. Now, the next one is something that you may have come across before, and it is a rule called the 80-20 rule. And I know that this has been so helpful for a lot of people within management roles to really look at how they begin to prioritise their time. Um, And this is a concept that basically states that 80% of your results or your output will be driven from just 20% of your action. And it's an interesting concept because when we think about how we spend our time during the day, that 20% of time that we spend on things that move the needle, should we say, 
will produce 80% of our results. So what are we doing for the rest of the time? Well, unfortunately, (laughs) there is still things that need to be done in order to, you know, make sure that operationally, you know, that 80% of results can occur. So sometimes when you actually do strip it back and try and identify what that 20% of the action is, you know, it really helps you to see, okay, I understand now how that rolls out. But another way to look at it is, okay, if you've got 10 things on your list that you just know they all really need doing and you're really, really struggling to prioritise them, try and work out which two, because it's obviously 20%, try and work out which two of those actions are going to produce the 80% of results that you get so that you can effectively make sure that you're still keeping that needle moving forward. So I hope that makes sense. Um, If you want to research a little bit more about this concept, again, I can link it up in the show notes because these are all really, really useful ones. And I know that sometimes people like to use different combinations of these rules as well just to see what works best for them. So that's absolutely fine. Let me know how you get on. Now, the fourth area that I would like to just mention is good old phrase of eat that frog. Now, eat that frog is, um, I think it's a book, actually. I'm sure I was given it um, years and years ago as part of a a course that I did. But it really means looking at your to-do list and thinking about the thing that you really just want to avoid. Because we've all been there, haven't we? We tend to sort of procrastinate towards the things that we really don't want to do it might be ringing up a customer who you know has complained and it's just not going to be a pleasant call or it could be having a one-to-one with somebody within your team that's maybe not been performing very well and you know you know that it's a conversation that you don't necessarily want to have but it needs to be had anyway if that job is on your list eat that frog really just says get it out the way as soon as you can now, there's many benefits to this, but from the perspective of really looking at maximizing productivity and looking at your priorities, I know from personal experience that if I'm sort of worrying about something or waiting to do something, the amount of energy that I'm putting towards that task, thinking about it, not thinking about it, doing it, not doing it, actually takes up headspace that I could be using towards other tasks. So by removing this invisible obstacle, first thing in the morning, just getting that done, it means that you can then cross something off your list, which who doesn't love crossing something off a list, um, and look at all the other tasks that you have with almost a fresh pair of eyes, because it's almost like that emotional weight's been lifted by tackling that very first thing. So always look at the thing on your list that you don't want to do the most and try and get that thing out of the way. And the final thing that I want to mention here is to do with Parkinson's law. Now, I've actually done an entire episode just on Parkinson's law before because this, again, was something that when I sort of found out and began to put into practice, I was astounded at how it changed my behaviour when it came to you know, procrastination really, which, you know, as you know from listening, 
um, is something that I do quite a lot, although not so much now, thanks to Parkinson's. So what am I talking about? Well, this law basically says that work will expand in line with the time you allot to it. So if I say to myself, right, I'm going to, I need to write a letter to, oh, I don't know, I need to write a letter to the bank, um, and it's Monday today, I'm going to do it by Friday. There is no chance it's going to be done before the end of the day on Friday. Because what we've done is we've given ourselves a particular time slot to do it. And so what we're going to do is maybe start it, then leave it to one side. Um, we might think, oh, well, actually, I'm going to get somebody else's opinion on this. So I'm going to wait and show it to them when I see them. But that's not till Wednesday. So I'll just leave it here. Or you might draft it and think, oh, it's not quite right, so I'm going to wait and show it to my husband. Or you just might not even start it till 4pm on a Friday. But because you've given yourself that time scale, that is what you will work to. However, if you had said to yourself on Monday morning, right, I am going to, I need to write this letter to the bank. Do you know what? I've got half an hour now. I'm going to do it now and I'm going to give myself half an hour. And when that half an hour's up, that's it, it's done. I'm not going to give myself any other time after that. So it's got to be done. You guessed it, you're going to make sure it's done in half an hour. And it really teaches you a bit of discipline towards the time and energy that we invest into tasks. I know certainly for me, I give tasks and... Um, projects and things like that far too much respect far too much energy of mine when actually if you know that you're concentrating down and you're really looking at okay I've got an hour to get this done let's do it your brain becomes more focused and you're not sort of dipping in and out of it you're committed you're focused and you're getting that task done so definitely have a look at Parkinson's law and really look at your day start off by looking at your calendar for the day and look at the blank spots that you have and this is something that I've always done since running my own business because, you know, quite frankly, without anybody else inputting into the structure of my day, it was quite easy for me to shape things how I wanted to. And guess what? How I wanted to wasn't always the most productive. So what I would do on a Monday morning is I would literally plot in, like, for example, record podcasts. I'd, I'd plot in an hour and a half to record and edit and publish and that sort of thing. And I would say to myself, that's all the time I've got, you know. If it runs over, I'm going to have to cut it short because that is all the time I've got. Um, and then I would plot in after that, you know, social media time or whatever it is that I need to do. But diarising it gives you that time. And what means what it means when you diarise it is that you're going to get a reminder. You're going to know when that timescale should have started. So that it means that you're not going to run over on other tasks let the day run away with you and not actually get anything done. So they are my five steps to drilling down your priorities. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, they're not necessarily in any sort of order. They're more a selection for you to choose from as to what might work best for you because we're all different. And I think that looking at any of these, implementing any of these habits would really help you to just start being a little bit more 
diligent with looking at what needs to be done and what can actually wait. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like the episode, please do give me a rating and a review and I will look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. Now, if you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. It really helps other people to find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, it's at Rachel Harriet Coaching on Instagram. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great day.